Chapter Twenty Five of Pollyanna by Eleanor H. Porter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Five A Waiting Game. On the day after John Pendleton's call at the Harrington homestead, Miss Polly set herself to the task of preparing Pollyanna for the visit of the specialist. Pollyanna, my dear, she began gently. We have decided that we want another doctor besides Dr. Warren to see you. Another one might tell us something new to do to help you get well faster, you know. A joyous light came to Pollyanna's face. Dr. Chilton! Oh, Aunt Polly, I'd so love to have Dr. Chilton. I've wanted him all the time, but I was afraid you didn't, on account of his seeing you in the sun parlor that day, you know, so I didn't like to say anything. But I'm so glad you do want him. Aunt Polly's face had turned white, then red, then back to white again. But when she answered, she showed very plainly that she was trying to speak lightly and cheerfully. Oh, no, dear. It wasn't Dr. Chilton at all that I meant. It is a new doctor, a very famous doctor from New York, who, who knows a great deal about, about hurts like yours. Pollyanna's face fell. I don't believe he knows half so much as Dr. Chilton. Oh, yes, he does, I'm sure, dear. But it was Dr. Chilton who doctored Mr. Pendleton's broken leg, Aunt Polly. If, if you don't mind very much, I would like to have Dr. Chilton. Truly, I would. A distressed color suffused Miss Polly's face. For a moment, she did not speak at all. Then she said gently, though yet with a touch of her old stern decisiveness, but I do mind, Pollyanna. I mind very much. I would do anything, almost anything, for you, my dear. But I, for reasons which I do not care to speak of now, I don't wish Dr. Chilton called in on, on this case. And believe me, he cannot know so much about, about your trouble as this great doctor does, who will come from New York tomorrow. Pollyanna still looked unconvinced. But, Aunt Polly, if you love Dr. Chilton— What, Pollyanna? Aunt Polly's voice was very sharp now. Her cheeks were very red, too. I say, if you love Dr. Chilton and didn't love the other one— Sighed Pollyanna. Seems to me that would make some difference in the good he would do. And I love Dr. Chilton. The nurse entered the room at that moment, and Aunt Polly rose to her feet abruptly a look of relief on her face. I am very sorry, Pollyanna, she said, a little stiffly. But I'm afraid you'll have to let me be the judge this time. Besides, it's already arranged. The New York doctor is coming tomorrow. As it happened, however, the New York doctor did not come tomorrow. At the last moment, a telegram told of an unavoidable delay, owing to the sudden illness of the specialist himself. This led Pollyanna into a renewed pleading for the substitution of Dr. Chilton. Which would be so easy now, you know. But, as before, Aunt Polly shook her head and said, No, dear, very decisively, yet with a still more anxious assurance that she would do anything, anything but that, to please her dear Pollyanna. As the days of waiting passed, one by one, it did, indeed, seem that Aunt Polly was doing everything, but that, that she could do to please her niece. "'I wouldn't have believed it. You couldn't have made me believe it,' Nancy said to old Tom one morning. 
There don't seem to be a minute in the day that Miss Polly ain't just hanging around waiting to do something for that blessed lamb, if tain't more than to let in the cat, and her, what wouldn't let Fluff nor Buff upstairs for love nor money a week ago. And now she lets them tumble all over the bed, just because it pleases Miss Pollyanna. And when she ain't doing nothing else, she's moving them little glass danglers round to different windows in the room so the sun will make the rainbows dance, as that blessed child calls it. She sent Timothy down to Cobb's greenhouse three times for fresh flowers, and that besides all the posies fetching to her, too. And the other day, if I didn't find her sitting for the bed with the nurse actually doing her hair, and Miss Pollyanna looking on and bossing in the bed, her eyes all shining and happy, and I declare to goodness if Miss Polly hadn't wore her hair like that every day now just to please that blessed child. Old Tom chuckled. Well, it strikes me Miss Polly herself ain't looking none the worse for wearing them ear curls round her forehead, he observed dryly. Of course she ain't, retorted Nancy indignantly. She looks like folks now. She's actually almost... Careful now, Nancy, interrupted the old man with a slow grin. You know what you said when I told you she was handsome once. Nancy shrugged her shoulders. Oh, she ain't handsome, of course, but I will own up that she don't look like the same woman with, with the ribbons and lace jiggers Miss Pollyanna makes her way around her neck. I told you so, nodded the man. I told you she wasn't old. Nancy laughed. Well, I own up that she hain't got quite so good an imitation of it as she didn't have for Miss Pollyanna Kim. Say, Mr. Tom, who was her a lover? I ain't figured that out yet. I hain't, I hain't. Hain't ye? asked the old man, with an odd look on his face. Well, I guess you won't then from me. Oh, Mr. Tom, come on now, wheedled the girl. You see, there ain't many folks here that I can ask. Maybe not, but there's one anyhow that ain't answering, grinned old Tom. Then, abruptly, the light died from his eyes. How is she today, the little gal? Nancy shook her head. Her face, too, had sobered. Just the same, Mr. Tom. There ain't no special differences I can see or anybody, I guess. She just lays there and sleeps and talks some and tries to smile and be glad because the sun sets or the moon rises, or some other such thing, till it's enough to make your heart break with aching. Ah, no, it's the game, bless her sweetheart, nodded old Tom, blinking a little. She told you then, too, about that her game. Oh, yes. She told me long ago. The old man hesitated then went on, his lips twitching a little. I was growling one day cause I was so bent up and crooked and why do you suppose a little thing said? I couldn't guess. I wouldn't think she could find anything about that to be glad about. <sighs> she did. She said I could be glad anyhow that I didn't have to stoop so far to do my weeding cause I was already bent part way over. Nancy gave a wistful laugh. Well, I ain't surprised after all. Ye might know she'd find something. We've been playing it, the game, since almost the first, cause there wasn't no one else she could play it with, though she did speak of her aunt. Miss Polly? Nancy chuckled. <laughs> I guess ye ain't got such an awful different opinion of that mistress than I have. She bridled. Old Tom stiffened. I was only thinking twould be... Some of a surprise to her, he explained with dignity. Well, yes, I guess twould be then, retorted Nancy. I ain't saying what twould be now. 
I'd believe anything of the mistress now, even that she'd take to playing it herself. But hain't the little girl told her? Ever? She's told everyone else, I guess. I'm hearing of it everywhere now, since she was hurted, said Tom. Well, she didn't tell Miss Polly, rejoined Nancy. Miss Polly now told me long ago that she couldn't tell her, cause her aunt didn't like to have her talk about her father, and twas her father's game, and she'd have to talk about him if she did tell it. So she never told her. Oh, I see, I see. The old man nodded his head slowly. They was always bitter against the minister chap, all of em, cause he took Miss Jenny away from him. And Miss Polly, young as she was, couldn't never forgive him. She was that fond of Miss Jenny in them days. I see, I see. Twas a bad mess. He sighed as he turned away. Yes, twas, all round, all round, sighed Nancy in her turn, as she went back to her kitchen. For no one were those days of waiting easy. The nurse tried to look cheerful, but her eyes were troubled. The doctor was openly nervous and impatient. Miss Polly said little, but even the softening waves of her hair about her face and the becoming laces at her throat could not hide the fact that she was growing thin and pale. As to Pollyanna, Pollyanna petted the dog, smoothed the cat's sleek head, admired the flowers, and ate the fruits and jellies that were sent in to her, and returned innumerable cheery answers to the many messages of love and inquiry that were brought to her bedside. But she, too, grew pale and thin, and the nervous activity of the poor little hands and arms only emphasized the pitiful motionless of the once active little feet and legs, now lying so woefully quiet under the blankets. As to the game, Pollyanna told Nancy these days how glad she was going to be when she could go to school again, go to see Mrs. Snow, go to call on Mr. Pendleton, and go to ride with Dr. Chilton. Nor did she seem to realize that all this gladness was in the future, not the present. Nancy, however, did realize it, and cry about it when she was alone. End of chapter 25